Tell me this, have you ever tried to record a podcast interview only to end up with the most glitchy footage you've ever seen? Like the audio is all weird and the video is dropping frames left and right? That is what happens when you don't use Riverside to record your online podcast interviews. I love using Riverside when I record interviews for the Creator Club podcast, and it's what I recommend to all our podcast clients at Creatorly Media as well. Riverside is unique because it actually records your own audio and video locally, like on your your computer, and then it uploads it simultaneously while you're recording. So this means when you're all done recording, you'll have the crisp, high quality audio and video files for both you and your guest ready to download. It is such a game changer to have all your tracks locally recorded and separately too, which means you can get the best quality for everyone on the call and it makes your life way easier in editing. Plus it's super easy for your guests to use as well. You can just send them a link to join. If you want to try Riverside for yourself, go to riverside.com. FM and use the code KD15 for 15% off of any Riverside plan. That is K-A-T-I-E-1-5 for 15% off at Riverside.fm. Thanks so much to Riverside for sponsoring the Creator Club podcast. Here's my hot take about social media in 2023. I think YouTube is going to take over TikTok. I know. That might be surprising because TikTok has been on the rise since 2020 when we were all stuck at home scrolling forever and somehow it's weaseled its way into our lives to the point where I'm like, what did I do with that extra hour a day that I now spend scrolling on TikTok? Like, what was I doing with that time before? But nonetheless, I really do believe that YouTube has a shot at regaining our attention and taking over that hour a day of scrolling and having us spend that time on YouTube. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, or if you've followed me on other platforms, then you'll know that I'm a long time YouTube girly. I've been posting on YouTube since 2011. That's when I started my current YouTube channel and I love watching YouTubers. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of in a niche space where I have specific YouTubers that I'm like obsessed with that like you may have never heard of, but that's what I love about YouTube. All the small communities that rally around like specific topics and passions and I've gotten a lot of satisfaction and fulfillment over the years um, in being a part of YouTube and I've felt fortunate to like meet a lot of creators that I've admired and I feel like I've grown as a creator myself through posting on the platform. So YouTube will always have a very special place in my heart. But that aside, I really do feel from a strategic perspective and from kind of a trends and an overall sort of social media economy perspective that YouTube is going to become an even bigger player in the space in 2023. So if you're curious about why I think that, keep on listening because today I'm going to talk about why I think YouTube has a real chance at taking over TikTok in 2023 and what that means for you as a creator. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or 1 million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it.
let's talk about why YouTube is going to take over TikTok in 2023. YouTube has always been the go-to spot for long-form content. I mean, that's not disputed, right? When we think about long internet videos, we think of YouTube. But when they released YouTube Shorts a couple of years ago, they were most likely expecting folks to ditch their other short-form content platforms like TikTok and Reels and just pick up their phones and start scrolling on YouTube. But that didn't really happen. And why is that? Well, in my opinion, it's because Shorts so far have been kind of messy, unattractive, the editor is sort of clunky. There's not really any trends that are sort of coming out of the platform. And people in general kind of split their time between watching YouTube on their phone and on desktop. And so for people who are diehard YouTube desktop users like myself are going to be much less likely to watch shorts because it's obviously a very mobile native type of content. But I do think things are changing. Recently, YouTube has made some changes to YouTube Shorts that has really piqued the interest of its users, especially creators. And I think that what we might be seeing here is the start of a really big shift in the popularity of YouTube Shorts and therefore YouTube as a platform as a whole. In January of this year, back at the beginning of 2023, YouTube announced that shorts are now included in the YouTube partner program, which will enable channels to earn money for ads that play between their shorts in the shorts feed. Yes, this means YouTube shorts can actually add to your ad revenue on YouTube. This is huge because in the first couple of years since shorts was released, creators didn't have any opportunity to make any money off of them. There was the YouTube Shorts Fund, which was modeled after the TikTok Creator Fund and the Reels Bonus Program, but it was only available to a select number of creators. There was never any wide rollout, and the financial sort of structure of it was not all that advantageous for creators. So that's I see the YouTube Shorts Fund as kind of like a blip on the timeline here. What's really big news is shorts being integrated into the YouTube partner program, into YouTube AdSense. Beyond this huge financial update, which is gonna be big for creators, YouTube also made some other highly requested changes to the look and feel of the YouTube Shorts feed and how YouTube Shorts interacts with the platform in general, including adding a Shorts tab to creators' channels. And more recently, the ability to select a thumbnail for your shorts by selecting a frame of the video to act as the cover of your short versus YouTube just selecting one at random for you. I know it might seem small, but for me, YouTube separating out your shorts and your videos on your channel page was huge. And it's kind of what made me willing to post shorts again, because to me, my video tab on my YouTube channel, and I know this is like silly and a little superficial, but it is like my portfolio. I love to just go and look at all of my recent videos and see how all my thumbnails are like cohesive and on brand. Like I work really hard on making my thumbnails not only like clickable and hopefully attention grabbing, but also really cute in my opinion. So it really got to me that when I would go to my videos tab on my own channel, that all these ugly shorts would be mixed in because the thumbnails were like vertical and just had these weird kind of blurry bars on the side to fill out the horizontal shape that they kind of filled on the 
videos tab like it, it was just ugly and gross and it made me literally not even want to post shorts so i really appreciated when they made that new shorts tab because i just feel like things are organized better with all this being said YouTube, in my opinion, has taken short form content to the next level. You can see that they're investing in making it a better user experience. With that being said, I do think they have a longer way to go still. Like I, I personally have changes that I would like to see that I think would make YouTube shorts feel a little bit more integrated and also less disruptive. Like for example, the fact that YouTube shorts still show up in the subscriptions feed on YouTube on desktop, I think needs to change. Um, cause I don't think it's that advantageous to shorts creators. And I think it's like annoying for a lot of subscribers. So I still think there's some kinks to be worked out, but I really expect that YouTube will continue to work through that in the coming year because I think there's going to be a huge movement of creators towards YouTube. And let me explain why. Basically, the way that YouTube is going to be paying out creators for their YouTube shorts is going to be revolutionary compared to what short form content creators are used to over on Reels and TikTok. In order to understand why this is going to be such a huge shift, you first need to understand how the TikTok creator fund and how the Reels bonus program works. Essentially, both of these platforms have a pool of money from which creators get a payout depending on the percentage of total TikTok or Reels views they are responsible for. So to simplify this explanation, let's just talk about TikTok for a minute and let's imagine that on TikTok in total in let's say a year, there were a hundred views on videos. Obviously there's way, 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 way more than that. But for the sake of easy math, let's just imagine that in total, everybody who watches TikTok in a year, you know, there's going to be 100 total views for the creators that have made videos on TikTok. Um, let, let's just imagine that all of these views are eligible for the creator fund and all the creators are eligible, you know, for the sake of simplicity. If I created TikToks that amounted to two of the total views on TikTok in a year, that means that I'm going to get 2% of that pot of money that's called the creator fund. And if you created TikToks that amounted to 10 of the, the total 100 views on TikTok in that year, then you're going to get 10% of the money from that pot. So it's split up like that to basically reward people for the amount of views they're generating on the platform. And it's based on a total amount of money that is static. It's a pool of money that TikTok has decided we're going to set aside a hundred million dollars or whatever it is. And that's going to be our creator fund. Now, the problem with this is that the more creators that become eligible for the creator fund and start partaking in the creator fund, the less money everybody makes because the amount of money in the creator fund is static, but the amount of views that creators can get on TikTok is not. Therefore, the more views that happen and the more creators that are generating those views, the less each of those views can be worth in terms of the creator fund. So what we have seen over time is a lot of creators self-reporting their stats of they used to get paid, you know, X amount for a thousand views a year or two ago, and now they're getting paid like half of that for a thousand views. The problem is TikTok has just 
arbitrarily decided an amount of money to be in their creator fund. It's not directly tied to the growth of the platform, the number of total views on the platform, or their revenue. And so this has obviously a negative impact on creators whose views are like slowly getting devalued by the fact that there are more and more views and more and more users on the platform. So that's the current state of monetization for short form content. The same thing kind of works with the Reels bonus program. And that's also how that YouTube shorts fund used to work. The one that I was talking about that's kind of a blip on the radar. That's how these funds work. It's a static amount of money and people get paid out based on the percentage of views that they generate on the platform. And therefore the more creators generating views, the smaller percentage everybody has, and then they're making less money. So this is why the YouTube shorts monetization change that has recently happened is so huge because the way that YouTube shorts monetization works is not based on this fund structure. That's a static pool of money. Rather, it is based on revenue sharing, which is the same way that YouTube has historically always compensated their creators. So the way that YouTube monetization in general works, we're not talking about shorts here. We're talking about regular long form YouTube content is that ads play on your videos, like ads play on my videos, and then advertisers pay X number of dollars to have that ad seen by my audience. And then I end up getting paid 50% of whatever that advertiser paid YouTube in order to have that ad played on YouTube. So it's always been quite a generous split that creators are getting roughly half of however much advertisers are paying YouTube. And obviously it's gonna, you know, you get paid differently depending on how many views you get because advertisers are paying per view. But the point is, YouTube is paying creators proportionately to how much money YouTube is making. So that's always been the case for long form video. And now YouTube is extending that to the shorts program as well. For shorts, it's gonna be a little bit different because creators are going to be paid 45% of the total revenue. And YouTube has said that that is partially because YouTube shorts allow you to utilize copyright music. And so YouTube obviously needs to allot some of the revenue that they're making in order to pay out the royalty holders of that music. Because obviously if I use popular music on my short. I don't have the right to use it. I don't own that music. So that means whoever does own it needs to get paid for the fact that I use it and, and, you know, people were listening to it. So that is all built into how the YouTube shorts revenue share program works. And also because you don't necessarily have an ad assigned to your shorts, people are not watching an ad before every single short. It's going to be split out in more of a pooled way that kind of is broken down by region. And uh, this is all very, you know, in-depth. And if you want all of the details, there's actually a podcast um, interview that Colin and Samir did with YouTube employees that I would really recommend you checking out. I'll uh, link it in the show notes so that you can listen to it. That's where I learned about how this is all broken down. So there's more details to it. But the point is the thing that is so revolutionary and that's going to be so different for short form creators compared to Reels and TikTok is that on YouTube, you actually get paid relative to the growth of the platform. It's not just that the more creators that join, the smaller piece of the pie that you're gonna get. As YouTube Shorts grows, 
the more everyone is going to make. So because of this more generous revenue sharing setup that YouTube has created for shorts, I think a lot of short form video creators are going to be more enticed to join YouTube and start posting more YouTube shorts because they will just straight up make more money posting the same video on YouTube shorts as they would posting it on TikTok, given that they, they you know, get similar reach. And so because creators are going to be so much more enticed to go ahead and start posting YouTube shorts as big creators start to do that, their audiences will follow. And as soon as we have critical mass of people watching YouTube shorts and it becomes very popular because, you know, the biggest creators bring their audiences with them, we're going to have more user attention over on YouTube shorts and therefore more attention on YouTube in general. And I just think that YouTube shorts is so powerful and that you get the same reach and discoverability that something like TikTok or Reels offers, but you also have that built-in YouTube algorithm to direct your newfound audience to your long form content as well. So having this one kind of big video ecosystem where your long form videos and your short form videos can live together on the same channel and you can balance that discoverability with nurturing your existing audience, I think that's gonna be a game changer for creators. And the way social media platforms work is where the biggest, most influential and most entertaining creators go. That is where audiences follow. So that is my thesis for why I think YouTube is going to take over TikTok in 2023 because I think all the creators are going to flock there and all their audiences are going to follow. That was a, a big rambly tangent, but hopefully I've convinced you or maybe you're intrigued that YouTube might be the place to be in 2023. And if you're thinking, you know, maybe I do want to try this out, Katie, then I want to run you through my three-step process for getting started on YouTube. And what I would suggest you do if you're thinking, okay, I want to be part of this movement. I want to get on this platform as we see this huge influx of new users over there. I want to start posting on YouTube. So this is what I would suggest you do. Step one, you're going to start repurposing TikToks and Reels as shorts. There are two different ways that I suggest you repurpose your short form content. First, you can use some of your past high-performing content from TikTok or Instagram. If you've been on TikTok or Instagram for a while, you probably have some pretty awesome content ready to be published on YouTube. It can be super intimidating to add an entirely new platform or content piece into your workflow. So when you're first getting started, repurposing your current short-form content, I think is totally fine. You just have to be cautious about the way that you do it. You want to make sure you're going about this by the book. You remember I mentioned before the whole copyright music thing on YouTube. Here's what you're going to want to do. If you've created something on TikTok or Instagram that is completely audio based, like you don't have a lot of like talking, it's like about the trending music or whatever. What I'm going to recommend you do is you download that video from TikTok or Instagram using something called SnapTik or Snap Insta for Instagram. This will allow you to download your video file from Instagram or TikTok without the watermark. Um, it still will have the audio baked in, but you might want to go ahead and mute it and then actually select the correct music within YouTube shorts in order to do everything by the book and not have your shorts get demonetized in the future. So that's the first step in the program is just repurposing the content that has worked the best for you on Instagram and TikTok and experimenting with it on YouTube shorts. The next stage in the process would be to start creating content for both platforms. For example, if you're creating a video for TikTok or Instagram, 
You can go through that process just like you normally would and then add on to your checklist, creating a version of that for YouTube Shorts as well. The only thing that you might need to change is really the length because TikTok allows you to create up to three minute videos. Instagram allows you to create up to one minute and 30 second videos and YouTube Shorts limits you to 60 seconds and YouTube reps have said that they're pretty much gonna stick to 60 seconds so I don't necessarily see that changing anytime soon. So you really don't have to do a ton of extra work in order to make your video into a short other than just you know cutting it down to make it short enough. This is something that I do with my own short form content. Sometimes I'll end up having literally three different versions of the same video because I have one that turns out to be like two and a half minutes long. And I'm like, okay, great. I can post it on TikTok. But then I'm like, okay, I need to cut this down even further for Instagram and shorts. So then I get a version that sounds good. That's a minute and a half. And then I'm like, okay, I need to shave this down even further for 60 seconds. And you know, then I can basically use the same original recording and post it in all three places optimized for each platform. If you want to know more about this, in a recent Creator Club episode, I talked about my 2023 TikTok strategy. And the great thing about the way I create my content for TikTok is that, like I've kind of just been describing, I literally use the same stuff on Instagram Reels and TikTok and YouTube Shorts. So there's a lot of ability to repurpose and kind of make your work go a little bit further with my strategy. So you can listen to that episode if you want to learn more. Hey there, I just wanted to quickly interrupt myself to ask you a question. Did you know that my team and I at Creatorly Media have YouTube services? If you've been dreaming of starting a YouTube channel, but feel overwhelmed by all of the technical aspects like editing, finding the right music, adding transitions, getting the titles, text, and animations just right, that's exactly what we're here for. We can help your YouTube dream become a reality with our professional editing, strategy, or full channel management services. If you're ready to start growing an audience with your new YouTube channel, you can check out all of the details of our services at creatorlymedia.com services. And if you're interested or have any questions, you can reach out and someone from the Creatorly team would be happy to jump on a call with you to chat about how we can help you grow on YouTube. We can't wait for you to become a part of the Creatorly Media team. So reach out at creatorlymedia.com slash services. Which brings us to step two, which is creating long form videos based on your shorts performance. So if you're serious about the whole YouTube thing and you want to become a more committed YouTube creator, you've probably started out like I've suggested with experimenting with shorts. Now that you've posted some shorts content on YouTube, you'll have a bit of an indicator as to what long form content you might want to create. You can look at which of your shorts happen to perform the best, and that might be a good indicator of what topics you want to double down on and create a longer form video, maybe something like eight to 12 minutes long. I really recommend taking your top performing short and thinking about how you can reuse that same hook because you probably had a good hook in that video if it performed well, how you can use that as the intro to a long form video and what other talking points or details you might be able to include to expand on it further. Once you've picked your topic based on your top performing shorts, it's time to create a great long form YouTube video. But how? Well, I'm going to give you my secret viral video sauce. Okay, let me talk you through it. Step one, before you even start the scripting process for your video, you should first put your focus on the title and thumbnail. 
If you can't even get people to click on your video, then it doesn't matter how awesome your video is. No one's ever going to watch it. That's why the title and thumbnail is so essential. I start my planning for every video by coming up with a compelling title. Usually I know what the main concept or the main talking points are going to be. And in your case, you probably will too, based on whatever short performed really well for you. But the most important thing is that the title grabs the attention and then you make sure that you write your script for the video in order to match the title. This also helps make sure that you deliver on the promise of your title and helps you kind of guides your process when you're scripting. The important thing is you really want to make sure that whatever your video is actually about, it matches up with that title and thumbnail. Cause the last thing you want to do is clickbait people because that's not going to turn out well in the end because the YouTube algorithm is based on not only click through rate, but also view duration. And if you have a bad view duration because your video did not deliver on the promise, you're not going to grow on YouTube. So basically this step boils down to you need to come up with a great concept and then pair it with an attention grabbing title and a great thumbnail concept. And if you can't think of those things, then it might not be worth making the video. Make sure you have a great thumbnail and title for any video you want to set out to create. Step two, now that you've got an idea and a thumbnail and title to go with it, you need to actually make your video plan. And lucky for all of you, I actually have a notion template for just that. So I personally use this template every single time I write one of my YouTube scripts and I've structured it and even left myself a few notes and instructions and reminders to make sure that I don't miss out on any of the important details. So if you want to try out this viral YouTube script template for yourself, you can grab it at the link in the show notes or head over to katiesteckley.com slash shop. Um, this is literally just a copy and paste of my personal notion template that I implement every time. And I find it super helpful, but why don't I just give you a brief rundown of how I use this template. And if you want to see the full tutorial, I actually have a video on my YouTube channel called my formula for a viral YouTube video, and that'll be linked in the show notes as well. But this is the cliffs notes version. So I, so I'm going to use an existing script that I wrote for a video called how to become a full-time content creator to give you an example here. Of course, the first step in scripting is coming up with potential title ideas. Like I mentioned, it's so important that you have a compelling title and thumbnail. So going into this video, I knew that I wanted to talk about the process of becoming a full-time creator, what that looked like for me and tips and tricks that I had for my viewers on how to make being a creator your career. So I had that kind of vague concept in mind. And based on that, I came up with the following title ideas. This is what it takes to become a full-time creator. Of course, this is what I ended up settling on, but that was one of my ideas. The other ones included, you can make Instagram your full-time job. If I was starting from zero, this is what I would do to grow as a creator. Here's what it takes to become a full-time creator. And finally, want to be a full-time creator? Here's how. So you can see how these touched on some important keywords, but were also written in a way that is kind of designed to be enticing. It's not just like a keyword stuffed kind of search optimized title. It's something that's a little bit more conversational and a little bit more genuine. And that's how I like to approach writing titles. Another important of the template is of course, coming up with your thumbnail inspiration. 
As mentioned before, developing the thumbnail and title should always come before scripting. So that's why the template includes this at the very top to remind you to do this first. So in this section, I pulled some examples from a couple of YouTubers who have really great thumbnail concepts. And I just dropped those screenshots into my template so that I could reference them. Sometimes if I don't have examples that I love that I've like found an image of, I will literally like kind of sketch out my own version, um, like a little bit of a storyboard of the image that I want to capture myself, or I'll just make notes on what I want the photo to be like to remind myself to shoot that thumbnail image when I'm recording the video as well. And then I'll also normally jot down a few different like text concepts because all of my thumbnails have text on them. So I think about what that kind of like alternative sort of subtitle to the title could be and how I want to integrate it into my thumbnail. After the title and thumbnail, plus a lot of other steps, which you'll find out if you watch that whole video that I mentioned about using my Notion template here, it's finally time to develop the script. Just like a story, there are three sections, the opening, the body, and the outro. Using the story concept as a guide, it's time to tell your story. So you want to write that out in the template. The opening needs to really, really hook your viewer. You want to grab them in the first 10 seconds. Bring in the tease from the thumbnail and preview the end result before you dive into deeper detail. That's going to keep them watching to the end. I really recommend that you keep your intro 30 seconds maximum if you can, because you don't want people to kind of like get bored before you even get into the good stuff. Next up, the body needs to keep the pace up. You ideally want to introduce new questions that make the viewer want to keep watching. And after you introduce that question, you follow it up with an answer and you kind of keep that cycle going until the end so that they keep watching until the end, which is going to be really good for your view duration. For the outro, you will choose a relevant video beforehand, obviously while you're scripting, so that in the script you can tease the outcome or the result of that other video. And then make sure you mention it in the last 20 seconds when you can have it linked on the end screen. This is a really great hack for getting viewers to really binge your content and keep watching your channel, which is what's gonna turn them into a subscriber. Now, a successful YouTube video goes beyond just a title, thumbnail, and well-prepared outline. You also wanna focus on having high quality video with good lighting and audio. You can definitely start with your smartphone if that's all you have currently. If that's your case, I would definitely suggest filming in front of a window so you can get some natural light or maybe even investing in some kind of microphone to ensure that your audio is really clean and crisp. But if you wanna graduate from your phone, I would personally recommend using the Sony ZV-1 and a Manfrotto travel tripod. Plus, I personally love the Rode Video Micro for audio. I have a video all about this where I talk about my own YouTube setup and how I would suggest you can set it up for yourself. I'll link that in the show notes if you want to check it out. But beyond that, a great video really comes down to being really engaging, using lots of B-roll, other visuals like graphics and titles, incorporating music and sound effects. Those are the things that are really gonna keep your viewer engaged to the very end. So that is how you can put together a killer YouTube video. Once you figure out your own creative process for making a YouTube video that your audience is not gonna only click on, but also watch until the end, the third step of putting together a really solid YouTube strategy in 2023 is developing a content strategy and a posting schedule that works for you. 
Now you know how to craft high quality, engaging shorts and long form YouTube videos. So it's time to develop your content strategy and posting schedule. You have to make sure the strategy you create for yourself is sustainable. Honestly, this is something I struggle with a bit. If I'm being totally real with you last year, I planned on going into 2023, only posting one long form video a week and three to five short form videos a week maximum. But as January of this year hit, I kind of went back on that strategy and I was like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to totally blow up this year. I'm going to post all this stuff. I'm, I'm really going to double down. And I planned on posting two long form videos a week and even more short form content. And I just realized as February hit that that schedule was not going to be attainable for me in the long term. And I realized that the videos that I was posting when I was just churning out as much content as possible weren't resulting in the best reach or engagement and I just wasn't as proud of them as I could be. And I found that the videos where I followed my curiosity and my passion and I kind of spend time being creative and making the video something that I'm really proud to show people and to watch again myself, that's when I've seen the best results. So I really, really feel like having a good posting schedule is about the balance between not only being consistent, but also figuring out how you can stay creative and curious and passionate about your content and not get burnt out and not turn into just like a YouTube video making machine because people can sense when you aren't feeling excited about it and when you're just kind of churning out content for the sake of it. The point I'm getting at here is I think the best YouTube videos have passion in them and it's hard to instill that passion and creativity when you're in a rush all the time. So I ended up going back to that original plan, which I think probably made the most sense of posting one long form video per week and then somewhere between three to five short form videos and those short form videos get posted across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So this strategy might work for you too, but it also might not. I think it's important that you just think about your own time frame and your own schedule and your own capacity and don't try to base your posting schedule off of somebody else because, you know, we all have different lives and different circumstances. But I do think that a good beginner YouTube schedule that I think would really help you balance practice and instilling that passion, but also being consistent would be something like one long form video a week and then like two short form videos per week. I'll be honest, I'm so excited about YouTube potentially taking an even more significant place in the world of social media this coming year. Uh, But beyond that, I'm even more excited to see what y'all create using this platform. I love YouTube so much. And like I said, I've had such a journey on the platform and it's brought me so much joy and fulfillment over the years. So I really encourage you to jump on it if you're considering it. And I have tons of content on my own YouTube channel all about starting, growing, and maintaining maintaining a YouTube channel. So you should check that out if you're curious. It's all at youtube.com slash Katie. That's youtube.com slash K-A-T-I-E. Yes, I did get that custom URL and I'm pretty proud of it. So go check that out if you would find those videos helpful. And as always, thanks so much for listening and I will catch you in next week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. 
If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.